Hey everyone, welcome to Murders of Mum. I'm Katie. And I'm Mum. I'm Mia. And today we're going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials. That's my little... It's <laughs> <laughs> your little spooky tune. <laughs> I liked it. Go for it. This one is a lot, but it's not like... We've had a few like real gruesome, horrible ones. And this one is obviously really horrible because it was kind of like pointless. But this just ends in annoyance. If you're anything like me, like I just, when I was looking into it, I got really annoyed. Um, with one family in particular who we're going to be talking about. Witch hunt started in Europe between 1300 and 1330 and ended in the 18th century. That's a long time. That is an incredibly long time. And the last known witch trial was in Switzerland in 1782. You know, I know we haven't gone into it yet. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is quite scary because you just couldn't win either way. Exactly. And then like, as we'll see later on, it wasn't like... That you could have red hair and it'd be like, she's a witch. Or, a, yeah, or a mole or something. Mm. Yeah, it was, um, it was intense, but these witches were considered to be women who were followers of Satan and they would trade their souls for his assistance in their dark deeds. Um, so you often hear in sort of like period pieces that a witch is someone who, like, lay with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they... It was believed that these witches employed demons to accomplish their deeds, and they could change from human form into another, and turn animals as familiar spirits. The most common one being cats, although we are going to go into one which I found a bit funny because it's kind of... Obviously, nowadays, with, like, the kind of cartoony witches, they're always with a cat. Yeah. Um, so the processes of identifying these witches was not quite the same system that we have now for identifying criminals, I would say. <laughs> Good job, really. <laughs> and it was, the majority of it was accusations and rumours. Yeah. Um, so all of these trials and executions were a combination of church politics, mm-hmm. which, you know, we, we've not seen that since, um, feuds between the families, mm. and undiagnosed hysteria. Now, we're going to go into the conditions that some people believe caused the hysteria, but we're going to do that at the end. Okay. So in the late 17th century, just to sort of paint the picture a little bit, there was actually two Salem's. Right. So there was Salem Town, which was on Massachusetts Bay, um, which evolved into modern day Salem. Right. 
and then the second was Salem Village, which was a little bit further away, smaller and poorer. Right, okay. Which money has always led to evil things and it Not didn't always. make a difference back then. Not always. Well, in the hands of the corrupt. Exactly. Okay. You should say. Now, the two leading families of Salem Village were the Porters and the Putnams. And me. And Maria. Now, I'm going to be the first to say, fuck the Putnams. Putnams, okay. <laughs> because they are arseholes. <laughs> So Samuel Paris became the pastor of Salem Village and moved with his wife, three children, his niece and two slaves. One was called John Indian and the other was called Tituba. Okay. And Paris's daughter, who was called Betty and she was nine at the time, his niece Abigail Williams was 11 and Anne Putnam Jr. was around 12. Right. And they began indulging in actions like fortune-telling, and Tituba was... Well, I read a lot that she was seen as coming from Africa, so she was said to have taught them a lot of things like fortune-telling and voodoo. Right. Which, voodoo scares me. <laughs> yeah, me too. you got to tread careful with voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're doing this, and yeah... And then in January, Betty and Abigail had been acting kind of strange anyway, um, which they sort of put down to doing this fortune-telling voodoo kind of stuff. Okay. But it increased a lot. And this included screaming, making odd noises, throwing things and contorting their bodies, as well as complaining about biting and scratching sensations. Oh, wow. Yeah, intense. Now you think... Time to call the doctor. Mm. Mm, maybe don't call this doctor. Okay. <laughs> their local doctor was a man called William Griggs. And he was like, nah, this is supernatural. Mm. He instantly was like, huh? Did sound a bit odd. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if we'd necessarily jump straight to, eh, there's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now that there's this, like, talk of witches, um, which there had been earlier on, particularly between Salem Town and Salem Village, um, and people had been accused of being witches, but had never, like, really gone anywhere. Okay. So this kind of, like, whipped up that whole mm. hysteria again. Um, and the neighbour was like, I know what we need to do in order to find out who's bewitched these girls. They need to make a witch cake. Okay. Sounds interested. <laughs> I read this and I was like, that sounds insane. I want a witch cake. Yeah, probably not. You do not want a witch cake. <laughs> so a witch cake is made of rye flour. Okay. And the urine of the affected people or person. Yeah. Now this is where it gets like super wild and this is where we talk about another one of the witch's familiars so they would feed this cake to a dog right a dog yes and if the dog started showing similar symptoms to the person that was bewitched it was witchcraft <laughs> okay that sounds yeah. very strange now dogs were believed to be associates of the devil and were able to point the witch out 
Okay. Now, everything I've read about this says that they are able to point a witch out. I've not met many dogs with fingers. <laughs> no, what do they do? Like, their face or...? It must be like a... You know in Up, when that dog's like, squirrel! <laughs> Just like, yeah. in the nose. It must be that. But instead he's like, she's a witch! Witch! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, naturally, this didn't work because... It's nuts, um, dogs can't really point. <laughs> mm. So, several flaws. Um, but when they were asked to identify who bewitched them by Paris, so Betty's dad, Betty and Abigail named Tituba, who is the woman who made the witch cake for them. Okay. So, like, bitch, she was trying to help you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Ungrateful or what? I know, like, so rude. They named two other women, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Which, like, that's that's a lot of witches. I feel like you probably don't need that many. That seems like a... What is... It's like too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. Too many chefs spoil the broth. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, but... <laughs> didn't quite come out like that. So, Sarah Good was a beggar, and Sarah Osborne was an elderly woman who was bedridden and had been scorned by the village for her involvement with a servant. Oh, so she... Now, I'm going to say this now. These women who were accused of being witches were just, like, women who were just living their lives and didn't give a fuck about what men had to say. Mm. So, <laughs> do with that what you will. <laughs> Bless, they're just... Well, maybe not plodding along, but, you know, going along with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go into a lot, uh, into a bit more detail about the people who were um, accused. But on the 1st of March, two of the magistrates from Salem Town travelled to the village to conduct a public inquiry. And these two were called John Hawthorne and Jonathan Corwin. Um, both Sarahs protested their inno- innocence, but Sarah Good did accuse Sarah Osborne. Okay, just trying to, like, uh, take the heat off self. Yeah, I guess, like, desperate times call for desperate measures, but also, like, women shouldn't throw women under the bus. Yeah. Um, Tituba, though, she initially was, like, I'm innocent, but after sort of, like, seeing that she was getting nowhere and enduring what was essentially torture in that investigation, Yeah. she was like, do you know what? You're right. Because she also, like, she's a slave. Mm. So she already has little to no status in this village. So she confessed and she claimed that she was visited by the devil and had made a deal with him. She described his animal familiars and claimed that a tall, dark man from Boston had called upon her to sign the devil's book. Which, the devil sounds like organised as fuck. (laughs) I know, he's even got a book. I know, like, he's given a list of names of who's, like, serving him. Like, <laughs> that's just, like, good organisation. Um, but in this book, she claimed to see the names of Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne, Ooh. along with seven others that she couldn't read. She checked... Oh, so she could only read those two. Now, this is seen as proof that there was more <laughs> witches in that community, and the hysteria started to grow even wilder. And amazingly you know some might say magically 
more women and girls were experiencing symptoms of being a witch. Uh, a witched? Bewitched. Bewitched. Um, of being bewitched, including having fits. Now, this included Anne Putnam Jr., her cousin Mary Walcott, her mother, Anne Putnam's mother, and Mercy Lewis, who was the Putnam servant. Now, again, fuck the Putnams. <laughs> because, especially, like, Anne Putnam Jr. at this point is 12, but fuck Anne. <laughs> because yeah. she, like, she's a bitch. And she would just, like, point at anyone and be like, she's bewitched me. Oh, oh, that's not nice. And she did this to so many people. And those three girls, um, Betty, uh, Betty, Abigail and Anne, were just, like, pointing out all these witches, saying that they've been bewitched, getting people killed, and then being like, oh, I'm bewitched again, this person did it. So these, yeah. These women and girls that were affected, shall we say, began identifying witches in the community, which, again, was mainly women who were outcasts. And the majority, if not all, of these witches were enemies of the Putnams. Right. Enemies of the Putnams' family members or enemies of the Putnams' in-laws. Okay. So, again, fuck the Putnams. Yes, yes, I see a, um, what's the word? Anyway, I can't think of it. I know what you mean, but I can't think of a word either. Um, so you might be asking what evidence was used. Well, again, not quite the same um, judicial system as today. Um, the evidence that they used was they would stand up and be like, she came to me in spectral form and bewitched me. Right. And I they were like, it. well, that's got to be it. That's it. Yeah. Definitely guilty. You can't argue with that, really. No. Um, And a little... I shouldn't really say fun fact, because fun fact isn't really the word. But a little fact about this. A lot of the accused that were executed were people who never confessed. Because people that confessed were... The majority of the time were tended to be let go and would just be stripped of their land and any assets that they had. Right. So, again, like, you can't win. No. So these executions happened at the bottom of Gallows Hill, uh, which is in Salem, and the majority of people, well, not the majority of people, but people who haven't necessarily looked into it or visited Salem, believe that they were hung on the top of the hill, Mm. but they were actually hung, or executed, shall I say, at the bottom of Gallows Hill. Right. Because, like, they weren't about to drag all these people up here just (laughs) to execute someone. No. And the victims who were hung um, and executed were then just thrown into shallow graves or crevices among Gallows Hill. Some of these graves were so shallow that they wouldn't like, wouldn't cover their body. So they'd still have limbs sticking out or something like that. Now, a few That's of the victims, nice. I can't... I couldn't find which ones because I think there's been... Uh, there's at least three, I think. Um, their families came to get them in the night from these shallow graves and bury them somewhere else. Right. So we don't know how many families did this and just never told anybody. Yeah. So we don't really know who's been moved. Mm. But there is a memorial in Salem now for all of the victims, um, which I'd love to go and see one day because mm. I'd just love to go to Salem. 
I just find this all so interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. A little bit scary. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the victims now. Okay. So the first one was Bridget Bishop, and she was the first to be tried and executed on the 10th of June, 1692. I know, that's my birthday. Well, obviously not <laughs> that year. But yeah, not, not quite 1692, but... <laughs> I am that old. <laughs> she's a witch um then in so she was the first woman to be executed and then there were several women who were executed on the 19th of july in 1692 one was rebecca nurse who was 71 she was considered 71 oh. yeah which like is quite amazing yeah 71 which <coughs> is quite amazing like for the times yeah maybe they thought she was a witch because she got so old well, there is a few people in here that you're like, whew, you made it this long, like... Yeah. Like, people were dying of all sorts, weren't they? Well, yeah, they never used to live that long, did they? Um, so, Rebecca Nurse was considered a pillar to the community, obviously before she was accused, and her arrest incited a petition which was signed by 39 members of the community. And it's they still about... execute her anyway. Yeah, so there's probably only about 50 members. <laughs> Sarah Good, um, like I mentioned before, she was 46. She was a homeless... Um, uh, she was 46 and a homeless beggar, and she had a habit of scolding people and muttering angrily under her breath. Ah, so, so she was clearly guilty. Yeah. <laughs> she was a woman with her own mind. <gasps> oh, no. Whatever could that you do with that? Um, and this is quite badass for the times. When she was convicted, she responded to it by saying she was no more a witch than the judge was a wizard. Fair play. Then there was Elizabeth. I bet that went down well. I did. To be honest, I don't think it really went down as great. (laughs) But, you know. (laughs) Um, so Elizabeth Ho was in her late 50s. She was accused of afflicting a neighbour's livestock and the neighbour's child and was actually the sister-in-law of Rebecca Nurse. Then we have Susanna Martin, who was 70. She was a poor widow and had been accused and exonerated of witchcraft previously. Previously, so they didn't really let her get away with it, did they? No, they they remembered her. (laughs) Then we have... Sarah Wilde. She was 65 and she was previously tried on two different accusations. Are you ready? First one was adultery. Second one, wearing a silk scarf. Oh my lord. Oh wow. How dare she? Christ. That, like, that's <laughs> a witch if I ever heard one. I think so. I mean, yeah. if you ever see a witch, they've always got a silk scarf on. Always. Um, but she had a long-running feud with her first husband's family so those were the people who were executed on the 19th of July right so something we'll see as well is they have busy schedules Mm. executed on the 19th of August 1692 we have a bit of a um, shift because we have some men oh Yes, um, George Burroughs was in his early 40s. He was previously the Minister of Salem, 
Salem Village and was arrested in Maine and brought back to Salem for his trial. He was the son-in-law of fellow accused Wilmot Red, and he was accused of being the witch's ringleader. Okay. Now, there were several things that it was said that a witch wasn't able to do, and that's how you could tell that they were a witch. Okay, come on, hit me with him. He stood on the gallows and said and recited the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Which a witch wasn't supposed to be able to do. So some of the people that came to watch the hanging, because, again, this is like 1600s. And they used to love it, didn't they? Yeah, it used, it used to be like people's <laughs> reality TV, didn't it? Like, people just loved it. Even harsher. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and some of the people that watched it were like, hang on. I thought witches weren't supposed to do that. But they hang them anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they kind of had proof in their you know, ridiculous way, but they still decided that he was guilty. Yeah, so there's a lot of contradictions. Because they just wanted to hang these people, didn't they, really? Yeah, they didn't really give a shit. I think they they thought they'd lose face if, um, you know, if he's at the gallows and all of a sudden he's like oh my god he shouldn't be able to do that he clearly is innocent you have got an innocent man yeah it's a bit like can't really can't really not hang people when you're already there (laughs) so our next um victim is also a man okay and is george jacob senior he was in his early 70s and was arrested with his granddaughter who got spared after she accused him oh oh yeah um, Martha Carrier was the next one. She was 38 and she was also previously accused and exonerated and was accused of taking the title the Queen of Hell, which that sounds metal as fuck and I want to be called that. <laughs> I might change my Instagram name on my um, Instagram bio just to Queen of Hell. Then moving on from August... On the mm-hmm. 22nd of September in the same year, we have eight more people who were executed. This included Martha Corey, um, her husband. Now, I've heard it said Giles, and I've also heard it say Giles. Okay. But I feel like Giles feels more right. Giles is the name. Yeah. Um, he was also accused, but he refused to enter a plea. So because okay. of this, he wasn't executed, but he was convicted to punishment and was pressed between heavy, or beneath heavy rocks, uh, heavy oh. stones, until he died. Oh, it took so two days. kind of was executed slowly. Yeah. That's sick, isn't it? We're going to go into a little bit about how they um, could tell if a witch was a witch as well. Oh, yeah. Um, at the end. Um, so then on the 3rd of October... And on the 29th of October, one of the governors, Governor Phipps, his wife was actually accused of witchcraft. And so he stepped in and was like, hang on, let's establish like a proper system. Hold on a moment. So he established a <clears throat> superior court of... Judicial? Yeah, judicial. That I could not get that to leave my mouth then. <laughs> um, 
And this court was told not to admit any spectral evidence at all. Right. Yeah. And then the trial started again in January and February. Okay. Out of the 56 that were accused, only three were convicted. And they and people in custody were pardoned by Phipps in May 1963. No, 1693. I don't know why that keeps changing. My document's like, there's no way she means this date. Yeah. Um, so this is when they started being like, without spectral evidence, we don't really have anything. Yeah. Um, True. So out of the 56 accused, only three were convicted during that time, and they and the people in custody were pardoned. And then 19 people were hanged, and five people died in custody. So they still hanged 19 people. I think 19 people, like, overall. Ah, uh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of people to get rid of in the space of like a year and a bit. So when they were in custody, and this is, I have to say this is not every victim. I haven't mentioned every victim here. Um, but I was reading up about what custody was like and the witches were put like underneath the dungeon. It was dank. It would flood in the winter. It was cold. You'd be put in there with, like, hardly any clothes, like... And people <laughs> used to die from that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they thought if you survived that, you must be a witch. Well, they did similar things. So, one of the tests, which is actually um, quite a common one, is the water test. Oh, yeah, the Duncan. What do they call it? The... The Duncan. It was called um, the water test or the swimming test. Mm -hmm. And they basically said that being submerged into water was basically like an equivalent of being baptised. Okay. Which is why witches couldn't do it. So they Mm. would tie their left pointer finger to their right Big toe and dunk them in. Why? Yeah, throw them in. Don't understand. If they floated, <laughs> um, they were a witch because the water rejected them. Yeah. If they sank, they were innocent. But then they drowned anyway. Yeah, they they all drowned, and then to get them out of this after the dunking, which was like really. Um, horrible and like if you weren't dead before you were going to be now is um they would pull you out with a like rope around your neck nice um so like i said with one of the victims um witches weren't supposed to be able to recite any prayers and the lord's prayer was a favorite but this one didn't necessarily get used as much and Again, a lot of these people were, um, they were kind of like the underdogs, the outcasts. They didn't necessarily get to church every Sunday, which, fair enough. Um, And so some people just didn't know the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Like, I grew up in a school where we had to recite it, (laughs) Mm. like, twice a week. And I still would struggle to get more than halfway through. I can tell you the beginning, I can tell you the end. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bit in the middle, but I don't know. <laughs> so if you failed that, you were a witch. 
Yeah. So again, it's setting people up to fail. Oh yeah. It's like a, just a lose-lose, wasn't it? The next test is just complete bullshit. This was called the touch test. Right. And it was believed that if the victims behaved even stranger after being touched by the accused, they were the witch that bewitched them. Now, these girls, including fucking Anne Putnam... <laughs> Your favourite person. I honestly, I just, I've never had so much hate for a child, but like, fuck Anne Putnam. <laughs> <laughs> because these women very... would touch her and yeah. she'd be like, ooh, and just like, fake yeah. have a fit. She knew what to do. Yeah. And it's like, just so... If she didn't react, the woman wasn't a witch. If she suddenly became completely calm, then the accused put her under another spell. So she was a witch? Yeah. So they, they were witch. It was ridiculous. Now, um, we've spoken about witch cakes, but they were also another way, which, um, don't go peeing in a cake. No. Why would you? Um, the next test was pricking and scratching, which was also known as looking for the devil's mark, or the witch's mark, like you mentioned earlier. So they would basically strip the accused to see if they had any moles, scars, birthmarks, sores, um, extra nipples, and pretty well, much any skin condition. I'd be scuppered then, wouldn't I? Because I got a birthmark from my ankle right up to my hip. I was going to say, you, since you've come out I'll saying you've got an extra nipple. Don't think so. I'd be I a would be massive witch, wouldn't I, with all that birthmark? Oh, I'd have joined you, because I've got one like going from my chest to my belly button, haven't I? That's the same yeah. as yours. Yeah. So, I feel like we'd have been accused anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got one on my knee that's a funny shape. They'd probably find, think of a shape for that, wouldn't they? Probably. Um, so, one of the, again, I said a extra nipple was one of the things that they looked for. And this was called a witch's teat because it was... It, they were mostly things like warts, mm. but they said that it was a witch's teat and an extra nipple, which was believed to, like, the devil and witch's helpers would, like, suckle at it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and obviously it was back in the day. Um, there was no standard for body hair. So if they felt they needed to, hair was shaved in order to find a mark. Something. And they were publicly examined. Oh my god. Which is like ridiculous. It's humiliation, isn't it? Yeah. And it got to the point where <clears throat> some people attempted to cut off or burn off any of their suspicious marks. And people would go, actually, that proves that you're... Because they couldn't burn it off the or cut it off. Yeah. Um, but even if you like, didn't have an outward mark, you could still be, you could still have the devil's mark. Mm. Um, and this could be done, they believe, by pricking the so-called witch with needles, pins, and bodkins, which were sharp instruments used to punch holes in cloth. 
um, until an insensitive area was found. So if they, a bit of you didn't bleed or feel pain, it was, therefore you were a cold and insensitive witch. I'm not laughing, I am, I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it just, it's just crazy, like, who thought of these things, you know? Um, we're going to go for, well, I don't know going to say that because that was rude. But anyway, uh, we're, this is the last sort of one that was really commonly used. Um, which was incantations. Okay. Now this again was used combined with the victim. So again, say it with me, fuck and Putnam. Because <laughs> um, this, like, there was no way to win. Like, and every, all the other accusers were like little bitches as well. But in every source I read, she was just there somewhere, like stirring She was the, the shit. worst one. Like, Honestly, so this was done by forcing the witch to command the devil to let the possessed victim come out of whatever fit or trance that they'd put them under. Okay. And if their victim <clears throat> just completely improved, you were a witch. Obviously. So you're putting it down to the hands of the people who kind of like want you to be burnt at the stake <laughs> or to be hung because a little difference between... European witches and US witches, from what I could gather. The US hung them, Europe burned them at the stake. Right. Because we were like, we want them gone, gone. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the causes of the fits and hysteria that the victims were um, coming under, if yeah. they were coming under anything. Okay. Because the yelling... The throwing things, the change in um, attitude and behaviour, is literally just being a child. So it was just like a tantrum. So they, they <clears throat> for all we know, this could have just been them being a child and throwing a tantrum and then the adult women who got involved in this just kind of doing the same thing mm. once they saw the result of it. But again, we don't know, so I feel like I need to tell you about some of the things that it's debated that it could be. Okay. So, among some of the named things are asthma, Lyme disease, epilepsy, FND, or ergotism. Ergotism. I don't know what that is. Ergotism, funny you should say that, is a disease that's caused by eating rye that's been infected with ergot, um, which is, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, which is a disease that's, no, it's not, it's a fungus which can cause vomiting, choking, fits, hallucinations, and the sense of crawling on the skin. Oh, right, okay, that makes sense then, doesn't it? Now, they didn't, obviously, food sanitation wasn't up to the standards that it is now, so no. this could be a possibility. I don't necessarily love this one for it, but it, it, like, it does fit quite a few bits. Yeah, yeah. Then there's asthma. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, asthma is a respiratory condition which causes sensitivity in the airways, um, which can then cause them to become inflamed, uh, which me and Maria both have, because you know we're the cool girls. Exactly. <laughs> this can be caused by things like allergies, cold air and infections. So again, there was a lot of that going around. And symptoms could include shortness of breath, coughing, wheezing and chest tightness. Again, yeah. don't love asthma for it because the symptoms don't fit, I don't feel like. 
No, I'm thinking that one you said, or um, epilepsy and that sort of thing. Mm. So, or even just like a high temperature, because sometimes if people have really high temperature, they can um, yeah hallucinate and stuff mm. and have fits. Our <clears> next <throat> one is Lyme disease, mm. which is an infection that's caused by bacteria Borrelia burgdorferi. <laughs> oh, nice. That's I don't know if I said that right. Huh? From ticks. Yeah. Uh, it's transmitted through bites from infected bugs. Uh, ma- the majority of the time, it is ticks. Um, ticks have to be they well they believe that ticks have to be on the skin for around twenty four to forty eight hours. Right. Um, in order to give you like um well, in order to like fully pass on it to you. Um, no, but you won't always know that you've got a tick on you. Yeah, and what which literally is... haunts my dreams. And I know, I, I just A little that. side note, Noah's parents have got this like little orchard <clears> at their <throat> house, which is like adorable and it's where they've got their bees and they always ask me if I want to come and see their bees and I always want to say yes, but like almost, well it must be like almost three years ago, we went out and Noah was like, oh by the way there's occasionally some ticks. Hmm. So I've like never been in that field because <laughs> <laughs> it terrifies me. Yeah. Um, and for good reason, because the symptoms of Lyme disease can be fatigue, joint pain, yeah. uh, joint pain and swelling, muscle aches, headaches, fever, mm-hmm. and children can also have symptoms such as anger and aggression, mood changes, depression, and nightmares. Oh, okay. So that's the possibility then. Yeah, this again fits quite well. Then we're going to talk about epilepsy, which again... Uh, I don't really know how I feel about being epilepsy. It would explain the fits um, yeah. and some of the other symptoms, but it doesn't necessarily fit to all of it. So I think we'll like we'll never really know, but it could be a combination of these things. Because mm. obviously they did like they hadn't diagnosed any of this stuff yet. And epilepsy, for anyone that doesn't know, is a condition that affects the brain and it can cause um, bursts of electricity in the brain and currently affects around 600,000 people in the UK. Mm. So it is very common. Um, The symptoms can include seizures, confusion, unusual smell or tastes, intense feelings like fear or joy, um, just kind of like randomly, twitching or stiffness, numbness, tingling, hallucinations or flashing lights in your vision. Mm. So again, fits a lot of it, but doesn't necessarily fit all of it. Yeah. Also then, I suppose, like things like migraines. So when I get a migraine, I get flashing lights and then I go blind. Mm-mm. But, you know, for a good few hours. So they probably would have thought that was some sort of witchcraft, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. They wouldn't have had any bloody ibuprofen for that then. No, they would not. They would yeah, just you'd be have been scuppered. Scuppered, yeah. What with my birthmark and my migraines. Yeah. <laughs> we we both would have been gone. I think Hannah mm. Labby would be the only ones that'd still be there. Well, they get migraines too, so see, we're just all gone. All of us would be gone. Yeah, we would. Um, <laughs> the... We'd have to get together and accuse someone else. Yeah, we'd have to just become the Putnams. Mm. Also, we we are not making fun of the situation. No. This is heavy. 
and sometimes you just need a little bit of comedic relief. We are not trying to be disrespectful. But it is scary. Like, if if you think, in those days, and I'm being serious now, with, like, when I say about that birthmark, that it's, like, right from my ankle up to my hip, there's Mm. no way you can hide that. I mean, it could have been those dresses. Yeah, but if they strip you off to look for something, I mean, they wouldn't have to look very far, would they? So it is quite scary that... And, you know, things like the fits and the migraines and the... Yeah, like, I'd have been completely scuppered because the next condition (laughs) that we're going to talk about um, that it could have been is actually a condition that I have, which is, I think, quite a cool, funny little connection and definitely means that I would have been burnt at the stake. Mm. But, you know, I am feisty and outspoken and... Um, occasionally ginger, so it would have happened anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of issues there, Katie, that need addressing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> um, so, the condition we're going to talk about, which is our last one, is functional neurological disorder, which is also known as FND, uh, which, as I said, is a condition that I have. And you get given the diagnosis when there's a problem with how the brain and nervous system is functioning. And while the sort of wiring and everything in your brain and your nervous system is intact, there's an issue with how the signals are being sent and received in order to function in a normal way. So I get seizures that were investigated as potentially being epilepsy. But unlike epilepsy, where you have the bursts of electricity, I don't have that. Um, yeah. And you don't always know what it's brought on by. Mm. So again, it could, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. A very big one. And I think things like that and epilepsy and fever, where you hallucinate and you can have fits and stuff, are probably the main ones, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And it... Symptoms for this include seizures, chronic pain, dizziness, loss of bladder and bowel control, temporary paralysis, walking difficulties, tingling sensations on arms and legs, spasm, hypersensitivity, tremors and difficulty speaking. Mm. So again, could cause everything that they had described. Mm. Because I too get feelings like there's something scratching me or... Like there's bugs crawling all over my body 24-7. <laughs> yeah, and, and stuff like maybe like shingles as well, where your skin burns. Oh, the shingles. I'm saying now, the shingles is hell on earth. I've had it twice. Yeah, and, um, you know, look at Nono with his pain. Yeah. You've had the shingles actually, for like years, haven't we? Well, not, yeah, not the shingles, but it's the after effects, the yeah. nerve damage and... You know, it's um, it's not anything you can see, mm-hmm. so therefore it could be, it could have been back then. I've just had a random thought, but yeah. I wonder what they made of chickenpox. Well, there's all sorts of things, isn't there? You know, all sorts of stuff that, like there was measles and chickenpox and mm. all sorts of things like that out at the time, which they could have actually used as an excuse for stuff. That is true. But that brings us to the end of the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, that was very interesting. It was 
wasn't it? And I'm going to go into European witch trials as well, specifically UK, because obviously that's yeah. where we're from. And I think in that one, I'm going to take a sort of deeper look into why people enjoyed going to things like executions. Yeah. Okay. Um, just because I think that's really interesting. I didn't really get a chance to do it with this one because obviously there's, there's so many victims and I didn't even get to talk about all of them. Um, but there's just so much to this. So I read an interesting book and it's not a... I don't know if it's based on the true stories or if it's just, you know, fiction, but it's called um, The Witch Finder's Sister. That's a really good book to read about the witch trials and it actually talks a lot about what we've been talking about today. So if anybody wants to read that, it's, I, 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 really, I thought, found it really interesting. It's supposed to be based on, you know... Yeah, well, there's facts. a few, like, things that are based on it, like the Crucible. Yeah. I'm just um, trying to see yeah, if I can so, find... Um, I can link that book in our show notes if anyone is interested in reading it. Um, and, yeah, so that's... And I think it'd be quite interesting if anyone lets lets us know about books they've read about it yeah that would be really interesting we're always down for reading reading books aren't we new books yeah because it is interesting and it's interesting to see like even the works of fiction that are based around it well this one i read was actually quite unnerving you know it was quite um i can't remember i'm not sure of the word really but you know it, it was um not scared, scared. Well, it's scary in a way, really, because you could just see these things happening. That these people in the books, they just had no chance. Yeah. Because the people who were who wanted to accuse them just just wouldn't let go, you know. Fuck and, and Putnam. <laughs> exactly. And then the judges and the, you know, all these people that were out to get them. Mm. Whatever they did, they were guilty. Yeah. It's like, I know this is like kind of related, but also kind of not. It's a children's uh, movie, but it is one of my favourites. It's called Paranorman. And it's about a boy called Norman who can see ghosts. And there's a witch in that who gets, she gets killed for being a witch. And you find out that she was like just a little girl, which does happen in... The Salem Witch Trials as well, one of the victims I didn't go into because it was a bit um, rough, was around sort of like four or five years old. Oh, that's so bad, isn't it? Yeah. And the whole family must be so scared because once one is accused, you just don't know if they're going to start accusing the rest of the family then. Yeah, and it did tend to like follow down the line. On that heavy note. It's a lot to think about. It is, isn't it? Um, we're gonna say, don't, don't be like this, these guys. No, be nice. Don't be like to fucking Ann Putnam. And you know, witchcraft's not a bad thing. No, you get good witches. Uh, yeah. So everybody, be kind. And do you want to do our social media? No, because I never. It's murders with man. On, on all social media. <laughs> on social media platforms. <laughs> there we go. And our email is murderswithmum@outlook.com. We're still taking listener requests and listener tales. 
and please 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 review our podcast on whatever you are listening on it would be muchly appreciated muchly appreciated i don't know what that was about <laughs> so on that note that's everything from us did you say what did you say we said on that note that's everything from us oh <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to say goodbye and we hope everybody has a wonderful week. Yes, goodbye. Have a Bye. lovely evening. Yeah. Well, this is going to be out tomorrow afternoon, but yeah. Well, have a lovely whatever part of the day is, wherever you are. Ooh, yeah, good one. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>